G'day everyone, Lauren Cress here and welcome back to another episode of Refuel Your Fire. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be exploring proven sleep hacks and strategies to enhance your sleep quality. Uh, but before we get into that, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and pay my respects to elders past and present and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today. The land that was and always will be, always was and always will be, Aboriginal land. So last week I uh, I was invited, so I started um, a new job. Some of you might have seen this on, I think, LinkedIn. And um, I'm working at a university and I was invited as a guest on to one of the university uh, YouTube channels to talk about work-life balance. So um, that was really fun. Uh, Lee Montages was the host, um, is the host, and um, she has a YouTube channel herself called Motivational Lee as well. Um, and we had a great time and I kind of thought, even though I was due for a podcast last week, I kind of wanted to have some uh, time to think about something else I could talk about. I didn't want to be about the same thing. So if you want to go and check that out, if you're curious about some of the things we talked about in relation to achieving work-life balance, um, yeah, you can check that out. And I've actually shared it on my YouTube channel under my best stuff. And I've shared it on my website, uh, laurencrest.com. You have to put the www in at the front, um, I think, otherwise it doesn't work. Um, but what that got me thinking about, what that chat got me thinking about, um, as we were talking about work-life balance and, you know, I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast, I recently um, became a a qualified personal trainer. Um, I also have done my um, course to become a career development practitioner a while ago and I was working in career coaching last year. And I really thought a lot about the link between our physical health, our emotional well-being, um, how engaged we are at work or study or both, um, and also um, the level of enjoyment we get um, in our lives um, and the, the fulfillment we feel, how successful we feel in our lives as a result of all of these things combined. Um, so I just, I thought this episode would be a good one because I think I found myself in this work-life balance episode talking a lot about sleep. I kept going back to sleep. I was like, you know, when a lot of people hear work-life balance, I think we, maybe we think about, you know, how to switch off from work and how to, um, incorporate more things that we enjoy into our daily lives, having a schedule, that kind of stuff. And all of that's really important. But what I found myself continuing to go back to was sleep. And sleep is such a core foundational pillar to self-care. Um, and a lot of us really don't get enough sleep for a whole variety of reasons. So uh, in this episode, we're going to explore the impact of good night's sleep, um, the obstacles to getting a good night's sleep and some of the important things that we can do, um, some of the hacks we can do um, or use as well to improve our sleep. Okay, so how? let's start with how sleep impacts our overall well-being and why it's so important for stress reduction. So I think a lot of us know that sleep plays such an important role in our overall well-being. And a lot of us know what it feels like if we don't get a good night's sleep. But maybe we don't realize the particulars of how a good night's sleep 
affects our physical and mental health. Not only that, but it's crucial for stress reduction. So let's take a look at that. Okay, physical restoration. During our sleep, the body undergoes essential repair and rejuvenation processes. What does that mean? Things like our tissues and muscles are getting repaired. Our immune system is strengthened. And this obviously contributes to our overall well-being, our physical well-being in particular. Now, if you think about if you are going to the gym, if you're exercising, if you're putting stress on your body, sleep becomes incredibly important to actually get the most out of all of those things that we're doing to our body. If we're lifting weights, if we're going for runs, we need that time. We're, we're, we're actually tearing muscle fibers. We need time to repair and that happens when we sleep. Sleep is also crucial for cognitive functions like uh, memory consolidation, learning and problem solving. It enhances our ability to focus, make decisions and perform daily tasks effectively. Sleep is important for emotional regulation. Without adequate sleep, we find it very hard to maintain emotional stability and regulation. Um, So we can end up being more reactive, more irritable and Uh, experience increased uh, susceptibility to stressors. We all experience stressors in our life. We can't eliminate the things that stress us. We don't have complete control over that. We can maybe work on ways to minimize stressors um, and, you know, we can talk about that at a later date. But the fact is, is that stressors are there. So getting enough sleep is going to help us to cope with those, to manage that, to maintain a sense of calm in the face of those stressors. Sleep is important for hormonal balance. Sleep actually plays a key role in regulating our hormone levels. So things like cortisol, which is commonly referred to as a stress hormone, as well as melatonin, which regulates sleep. So if we experience disruptions in our sleep patterns, we can end up with hormonal imbalances, which affect our stress response and also our overall hormonal health. stress resilience. So we talked about this a little bit already, but quality sleep enhances our ability to cope with stress. So having a good night's sleep allows us to have more emotional control. And we're also more resilient in the face of challenging situations at work, in life, everywhere. Sleep, obviously, this is a this is a pretty uh, go-to one. We know that sleep helps us to restore our energy levels. Um, So it provides us with the necessary physical and mental stamina for the demands that are put on us each and every day. A lack of sleep can result in fatigue and it really, again, makes it more challenging to deal with stress in our lives. Cardiovascular self. So if we have sleep deprivation over a long period of time, so it's called chronic sleep deprivation, um, this is actually associated with an increased risk of cardiovascular issues. Um, So it's really important for our heart health that we actually get a good night's sleep. And this also will help reduce the risk of stress-related cardiovascular problems, uh, heart problems as well. Sleep helps us to reduce inflammation. So what is inflammation? Inflammation, um, we can have chronic inflammation or acute inflammation. A lot of us are familiar with, you know, if we um, hurt ourselves, we, we might get swelling in the area, it might feel hot and red. This is usually acute inflammation. But we can also have chronic inflammation. And chronic inflammation um, can cause pain um, and, you know, tightness, 
um, a bunch of issues in our body over a period of time. Um, it, there's a lot of different health issues associated with inflammation, which we won't go into in this episode. Again, might be something we talk about down the track. Um, but sleep really helps us to balance that inflammatory response. As we mentioned before, sleep is really important for the immune system. So it helps us, our immune system to function properly. We're better equipped to defend against infections, against illness. And obviously this has a lot of these things you'll probably notice. There's sort of a bit of a chicken and egg scenario where um, if we're not getting enough sleep, we're more stressed. And if we're more stressed, it's harder to get all of these, uh, you know, these benefits, and it's also hard to get uh, sleep. So it can become a bit of a downward spiral. Um, and uh, pain management as well. So sleep plays a, plays a really important role in pain perception and uh, management. So if you're experiencing chronic pain, um, improved sleep quality can really help to um, cope and manage with pain as well. So it's all well and good to understand that there's lots of benefits uh, to sleep. And for those of you who've listened to past episodes, you're probably hearing some crossovers with things we've talked about in relation to stress and our health as well. Um, so what I want to talk about now is I just want to acknowledge and validate some of the common obstacles um, that people are experiencing to get a good night's sleep and look at some strategies to overcome them as well. So number one, big one, screen time before bed. Um, exposure to screens, including our phones, tablets, computers before bed, um, can really disrupt our natural sleep-wake cycle, um, especially due to the blue light emitted. Number two, having an irregular sleep schedule. Again, really, really common for a lot of people to have inconsistent sleep patterns, and this disrupts the body's internal clock. So it makes it really challenging to fall asleep and wake up at the desired time. Uh, caffeine and stimulant consumption. Um, a lot of us will have some form of caffeine or stimulant throughout the day, and if we have it cl close too close to bedtime it can really interfere with the ability to fall asleep if you're struggling to go to sleep um no caffeine like 10 hours before you go to bed really you want to have a wide window to um, help you fall asleep okay number four stress and anxiety so I remember experiencing this one a lot as well, not so much now, but in the past, having that mental stress and anxiety where you have racing thoughts and you keep going around in loops of thinking um, can make it really difficult to relax and fall asleep. Um, for me, when I do have this, it tends to be at four o'clock in the morning. So I'll wake up around four o'clock and my head will just be going round and round and round racing thoughts. Um, and sometimes I just won't be able to get back to sleep. Um, so I really uh, empathize or sympathize, sympathize. Anyway, I, I know what this feels like myself. Um, number five, an uncomfortable sleep environment. So if you don't have the right mattress, you don't have the right pillows, if you're too warm or it's too cold, um, that can really disrupt your sleep as well. Not getting enough physical activity. Um, so if you have a sedentary lifestyle where you're sitting down a lot, maybe you sit at a desk all day, you don't, you have long hours, you don't really get time to be active, um, that can also contribute to poor sleep quality. Excessive napping. Um, so if you're having long or irregular daytime naps, um, that can interfere with nighttime sleep. Now, having said that, I, um, you know, have my, um, I have two 
baby nieces who are very little. Um, both of my sisters have um, just recently had um, their first babies. And I know that as a parent, um, it can be really, really difficult to get uninterrupted sleep at any time of the day, including night. So I think, you know, in one sense, excessive napping for some people might actually become a strategy if they know they have to get up. Or, you know, for people who do shift work, um, excessive napping could actually become a, a good strategy for sleep. But ideally, um, if we can get to a point where we're getting that long sleep at night and if we need to nap, um, we're napping 20 to 30 minutes in the day but avoiding those late afternoon um, naps. That's That would be uh, really key to getting that good long sleep at night. Unhealthy eating habits. Uh, this is another one. If we're consuming really heavy meals, really spicy meals close to bedtime, that can cause discomfort and indigestion. Um, so we want to leave a few hours, two to three hours before bedtime uh, to avoid those feelings of discomfort at night. Number nine, noise and light disturbances. So external noise or excessive light in the bedroom can disrupt sleep. That kind of goes back to that having an uncomfortable sleep environment. So really try to help uh, help yourself fall asleep by having, you know, you can have earplugs, white noise machines, blackout curtains, create a quiet and dark sleep environment. And alcohol consumption as well. It's interesting because I've heard people say this before. They say, oh, I actually drink alcohol to help me go to sleep um, because it does induce drowsiness. However, it can lead to disrupted sleep patterns. So you end up waking up in the morning and feeling like you haven't had a good night's sleep. So really avoiding alcohol, again, two to three hours before bedtime, really, really important. Okay, so... How do we actually establish healthy sleep habits? Um, we had a little look at this before, but I want to go into this in more detail now. So I'm going to share 14 scientifically backed sleep hacks with you. The first one is to maintain a consistent sleep schedule. So we talked about the problems with inconsistency before and a few years back, uh, Dr. Jess Andrade, I hope I'm getting her name, and and Andrade maybe, she went viral on Instagram explaining um, this method called the 103210 method. So how this works is 10 hours before bed, you stop caffeine. Then three hours before bed, you stop eating and you also stop drinking, especially drinking alcohol. Two hours before bed, no more work or homework. That's it. The other thing you can do two hours before bed is write down anything you need to do the next day or in the week that you don't want to forget. So uh, I use a bullet journal myself, or you can use just pad of paper, write a list down. So it's all out of your head. One hour before bed, no more screens. And then the zero stands for how many times you will hit the snooze button in the morning. It's really important as well to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day even on the weekends. Um, consistency really reinforces the body's natural circadian rhythm and helps regulate those sleep-wake cycles. Number two, hack number two, create a relaxing bedtime routine. So 30 minutes before bedtime, engage in calming activities. This signals to your body that it's time to wind down. Um, this might include things like reading, taking a warm bath, or practicing relaxation techniques. Number three, 
Optimize your sleep environment. So we talked about the problems with your sleep environment before. Keep your bedroom cool, dark, and quiet. So invest in those comfortable pillows, comfortable mattress. Um, Again, I mentioned this before, consider blackout curtains and white noise machines if needed. Number four, watch your diet. So limit caffeine and nicotine intake, especially in the afternoon and evening. These substances can really interfere with your sleep quality and also those heavy meals close to bedtime as well. As in avoid them, not have them. Number five, get regular exercise. How are you going to incorporate regular physical activity into your routine? I had this thought about habits. I think it was just this morning and I was thinking about how I can get really excited about something to do with a particular goal I have. But if it's not incorporated into my routine, if it's not actually made something that I do, uh, say, a few times a week, it's not going to be a goal I can accomplish. It has to be backed by the habits and the routine that you create for yourself. Um, So if for no other reason, think about ways that you can exercise to promote better sleep. Um, One thing you do need to watch out for is just avoid vigorous workouts close to bedtime. A nice thing to do would be some deep stretching. If you haven't had a chance to move at all during the day, um, some deep stretching with some um, breathing techniques that help you stretch to go along with it. Um, that's a really, really great thing to do. And actually that's something that I uh, teach my clients as well to do um, when it comes to stretch. So I'm a, um, a certified stretch coach is helping to um, to stretch in a way that allows you to relax and also use your breath to help you get a deeper stretch. Number six, manage stress. So practice stress management techniques. This you know, again, we could do a whole episode on this, but it can include things like deep breathing, meditation, yoga, practicing mindfulness. Um, again, though that writing down things before you go to sleep of what you're worried about can really help or things that you need to do. So you don't have to keep thinking about them when you go to bed. Um, so tasks, worries, jot them down, get them out of your head. Number seven, hack number seven, limit your naps. So we talked about this, um, we've talked about this before, but avoid napping late in the afternoon. Um, Those long or irregular naps can really interfere with that nighttime sleep. Hack number eight, expose yourself to natural light. So getting exposure to the sun, to natural light during the day, especially in the morning, helps you to regulate uh, melatonin, helps you to regulate your body's internal clock uh, or circadian rhythm hack number nine establish a pre-sleep ritual um so this can be a really really nice thing to do we talked about 30 minutes before bed doing something relaxing having a whole routine that you can follow can be really nice so again this could include things like you start to dim the lights you start listening to music you practice a few minutes of um, mindfulness of meditation Um, doing that deep breathing, really, really great. And you might have a particular ritual that you like to follow in that 30 minutes to 60 minutes before you go to sleep. Hack number 10, avoid clock watching. Turn the clock away from your view. Um, It can actually really cause stress um, if you're constantly checking the time um, when you're in bed worried about not getting enough sleep. Um, So if you're going, I've only got seven hours before I have to wake up again, and then you can see the clock and now it's six and a half hours, now it's six hours, really, really not um, conducive to a good night's sleep. So turn the clock around and focus on some deep breathing, some counting, 
Um, you know, and I mean, even if you have to get up, like I, I'm someone who like, I, I can usually go to sleep. Okay. But I do sometimes I mentioned before, um, I can wake up in the middle of the night and find it hard to well, around four o'clock in the morning and find it hard to go to sleep. And definitely the clock watching affects me. Um, so sometimes it can even be good to get up, walk around, go to the bathroom, have a drink of water, um, and then go back to sleep. Um, to get yourself sort of out of that stress of trying to get back to sleep. Uh, number 11, create a comfortable sleep temperature. So adjust the room temperature to a level that's right for you. Generally, a cool room is going to be better for a good night's sleep. Uh, number 12, limit those stimulating activities before bed. So um, having we've, we talked about the screens, but this can also include things like um, intense discussions right before you go to bed. So allowing your mind instead to gradually wind down, really important to having a good night's sleep. Hack number 13, uh, limit liquid intake before bed. Um, so we talked about alcohol, but also reducing liquids in general in the hours leading up to bed can be really helpful because then you don't have to get up to go to the bathroom during, during the night, which will disrupt your sleep as well. And finally, and maybe this is not so much a hack, but something helpful for some um, uh, viewers and listeners out, out there is just to seek professional help if needed. So if your sleep problems persist, um, it's really important to go and consult a healthcare professional because there could be an underlying sleep disorder or health issue that needs attention. Um, and we're just going to talk a little bit about um, some of the sleep disorders that it's it's good to be aware of. Um, because it really can impact sleep quality and overall being. So if you're experiencing persistent or disruptive symptoms related to seek, uh, related to sleep, sorry, seek, uh, help. So, uh, one of them we've probably heard of before is insomnia, which is difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep or waking up too early. Um, which just means you're not actually getting enough sleep each night. Um, you're not getting, um, enough, uh, duration of sleep, uninterrupted sleep. Uh, sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is where you have brief pauses in breathing during sleep, um, loud snoring and sudden awakenings accompanied by choking or gasping. Narcolepsy. Um, this is where you get excessive daytime sleepiness, sudden loss of muscle tone, um, sleep paralysis and vivid hallucinations. Restless leg syndrome, which is also called RLS, um, this can result in unpleasant sensations in the legs, um, and it's often accompanied with an irresistible urge to like move the legs for relief. Uh, and the symptoms are typically worse at night. Uh, periodic limb movement disorder, also called PLMD, um, this is where you have repetitive and involuntary movements of the legs or arms during sleep, uh, leading to frequent awakenings or disruptions. Uh, parasomnias, this is where you get sleepwalking, night terrors, um, sleep-related eating disorders, um, and circadian rhythm sleep disorders. So this is um, a delayed sleep phase syndrome, um, advanced sleep phase syndrome, and shift work sleep disorder. So it's actually where it's very hard for you to have that cycle of sleep established for yourself. Um and sleep-related movement disorders. So we mentioned RLS, PLMD, 
Um, but also uh, another one which is commonly referred to as teeth grinding. The technical term is sleep-related bruxism. Um, that's another one that you want to really watch out for. Okay, so moving on, uh, before we mentioned a, a little bit about how there are certain foods we want to avoid particularly um, before we go to sleep and generally we want to avoid meals two to three hours before we go to sleep. However, there are also uh, foods that we can eat to support our sleep. So that's what I want to explore with you now um, because nutrition really does play a crucial role in promoting better sleep as well. And there are certain foods that can have a positive impact on the quality of your sleep. So one of the things we need to remember is that having a balanced diet that includes uh, nutrients known to support uh, relaxation um, is important. But also we want to look at nutrients that produce or help us to produce sleep-related hormones. So nutrients that support sleep include, and this one you've probably heard of before, tryptophan. Uh, Tryptophan is an amino acid and it's a precursor to serotonin and melatonin. These are two hormones um, that play a really important role in sleep regulation. Uh, Magnesium. Magnesium helps us to relax the muscles and it also uh, may contribute to a more restful sleep. Melatonin uh, is a hormone that regulates the sleep-wake cycle. Uh, Vitamin B6 is involved in the production of melatonin. Calcium helps to support the brain um, and in using tryptophan to produce melatonin. Uh, Potassium can also help with muscle relaxation and omega-3 fatty acids, which are found in fatty fish. They found in chia seeds and a few other places. And these um, really have a positive impact on sleep as well. Okay. So we've talked about the nutrients. Where do we actually get these nutrients from? Let's have a look at that now. Okay, so foods that may enhance sleep quality, um, number one, turkey. Um, Because this contains tryptophan, uh, it really can help to produce serotonin and melatonin, which we mentioned before. Uh, Nuts and seeds, almonds, walnuts, flax seeds, chia seeds, they're rich in magnesium. um, And also, uh, like I said, chia seeds have omega-3 fatty acids, and they can also help to promote relaxation. Fatty fish. So uh, salmon, mackerel, trout, these are particularly high in omega-3 uh, fatty acids. And I've actually got a, um, I, need to, I need to upload this to the website at some point. I do have a little cheat sheet on um, places to find uh, omega-3 uh, and also for those who are uh, vegan and vegetarian as well. Um, bananas, bananas contain tryptophan and potassium, so that's a great one. Cherries, uh, cherries naturally contain melatonin. Um, so that can also potentially help regulate the sleep wake cycle. And when I say potentially, for a lot of these, I'm saying things like they may promote or they may help. Um, always with, I, I guess not always, but with a lot of nutrition, um, factors, there's often research that will say one thing, but then there's research that might not be able to support it, which is why there's sort of not, um, consistent evidence necessarily Um, but these are definitely some things that are worth trying out and see uh, how you feel warm milk um, this contains tryptophan and calcium and is a traditional uh, sleep inducing remedy 
uh, whole grains, so grains like brown rice, quinoa, and oats. Um, they provide a source of complex carbohydrates that can promote the release of serotonin. Leafy greens, spinach and kale are good sources of magnesium. Low-fat yogurt uh, combines tryptophan with calcium, supporting the production of melatonin. Kiwi fruit uh, contains serotonin precursors and antioxidants. Chickpeas are a great source of vitamin B6. Um, and again, that's also involved in melatonin production and herbal teas. So chamomile and valerian root teas are known for their relaxing properties as well. There's also some things to consider. Uh, again, we've talked about some of these, but in terms of what we can do to get a better night's sleep from a nutritional perspective, um, it's important to have a balanced uh, diet and balanced meals. So moderating your uh, intake of protein and carbohydrates, focusing on lean proteins uh, and complex carbohydrates. So we want to reduce uh, consumption of simple sugars um, and going for those sort of um, more long-lasting forms of carbohydrate. Um, limiting caffeine intake we've talked about, but also nicotine intake as well. So I would say really trying to eliminate nicotine consumption. I'm an ex-smoker, so I know that can be really, really tough. Um, but that would be obviously the best would just be to get rid of it altogether. But definitely trying to reduce it in the hours leading up to bedtime is very important. Um, so we want to stay hydrated, um, but we also don't want to have excessive fluids before bed because, like we said, we want to minimize disruptions, but we also need to stay hydrated throughout the day. So make sure you're getting enough water um, during your waking hours and then a couple of hours for, before bed, that's when you can start to reduce the intake of water. Um, avoiding heavy meals we talked about, but also foods that are spicy or fatty especially if you're having them late at night. Um, this can disrupt sleep as well. And if you're going to have a snack, um, having something that, that, again, is light, um, it doesn't, it's not just carbohydrates, maybe it's got a bit of protein in it as well, um, such as a small bowl of whole grain cereal with milk, um, just a small snack is less likely to disrupt your sleep. So we have discussed a little bit about the relationship between stress and sleep, but now I'd like to take a little bit more of a deep dive. So first, let's talk a bit about the impacts of stress. So how stress is affecting sleep. Number one, stress triggers the release of cortisol. Now, cortisol is a hormone that's associated with uh, the body's fight, flight, or freeze response. So if we have elevated cortisol levels close to bedtime, this can interfere with our natural sleep-wake cycle. So that's where things like intense discussions or conflict late at night um, can really make it hard to fall asleep. Number two, racing thoughts and anxiety. So if you're having stressful thoughts or you're feeling anxious about your daily challenges, about future events. It can keep your mind really active and that can make it difficult to relax and fall asleep as well. Number three, tension and muscle tightness. So 
stress can really lead us to feeling physically tense. Uh, a lot of us are probably familiar, particularly with that um, area. It's called our upper, upper trapezoids, uh, that area, area between our shoulder and our neck. Um, it holds a lot of tension and that can really contribute to discomfort and difficulty in finding a comfortable sleep position. Um, we also can experience tension in other parts of our body as well. That's why I'm a really big fan of stretching before bedtime just to relax the muscles um, and also calm down the mind. Um, and number four, disruption of sleep architecture. So chronic stress, long-term stress um, can actually disrupt what's called our normal sleep architecture, the patterns of us falling, to, falling asleep, the pattern of our sleep cycle over uh, a long period of time. And that can lead to more frequent um, times that you're awake in the night and a reduction in that deep restorative sleep that we need. So we can end up sleeping, um, getting a bit more of a light sleep. And I know there are apps out there that can help us to analyze how much deep sleep we're actually getting, which can be really valuable if you're wondering why you're not feeling well rested in the mornings. So getting a good night's sleep is really going to help our stress management. And this is where we can be in a bit of a catch-22 because we're stressed, which means we're not sleeping as much, which means it's harder to manage stress. So let's talk about this from the perspective of, ha perspective of having a bit of more of an upward um, spiral rather than a downward spiral. We start doing things like we've talked about the strategies for how to get a better night's sleep and just really understand that and trust the process that this is going to help with stress management and it's going to get easier and easier. So one thing that stress uh, that stress does, one thing that sleep does is it helps us to regulate our cortisol levels. So um, it promotes a healthier balance of that stress hormone and that contributes to a more relaxed state during a day, the day, which also means we're less likely to have high cortisol when we need to go to sleep. Uh, number two, enhanced emotional regulation. So getting enough sleep will really help us to have um, more resilience and experience uh, emotional well-being. Um, it really does, and we've talked about this before, but it helps us to reduce the likelihood of becoming overwhelmed by stressors. Sleep is going to help improve our cognitive function. So when it comes to arguments, when it comes to um work we're going to find it easier to concentrate we're going to find it easier to make decisions and problem solve so things aren't going to feel as overwhelming because we've actually got the cognitive capacity to face those challenges head on uh number three uh, sorry number four enhancing our coping mechanisms so when we're well rested it's much easier for us to uh, cope and again not only with problem solving but in seeking social support and engaging in stress stress reducing activity so again we're starting to find ways to break the cycle getting a good night's sleep also helps to balance our mood so if we've got a more balanced mood we can come at a problem or approach a stressor with a more positive state of mind another thing um that sleep does is it helps us to get into a more consistent sleep-wake cycle. So when we have a sleep schedule, we regulate our internal clock. When we regulate our inter internal clock, 
Um, it promotes a more predictable and stable routine, and that helps us to reduce our stress um, and it helps us to function throughout the day. Um, and also reduction in irritability and reactivity, which we've already talked about before, but just to sort of hone the point that we're really able to be more calm and composed when we get a good night's sleep. And that helps us to reduce stress in the moment. It also helps us to reduce the chances of creating more stressful situations in the future. So we're more calm and more composed. Um, we can de-escalate, a, uh, you know, if we're around conflict or a fight. Um, and that can also then in turn mean that our the next day, the next week, the next month is also less stressful. So to break the cycle of stress impacting sleep and vice versa, it's really, really important to go back to those healthy sleep habits we discussed and look at your stress management techniques as well. We've explored some of that in this series and we will continue to do so um, as we move forward as well. And on that note, I, I wanted to just wrap up this episode by quickly sharing a little bit more about what I have in store for my listeners here um, and my subscribers over on Substack um, and on my website, The Cheat Sheets, um, for the next couple of months. So I realized that it's it's all well and good to share this information, um, put it out there, and, you know, I really hope that it's helpful to those who need to hear this right now. Um, but now that I actually have, I guess, a um, – I, I have the, the qualifications to back some of my um, ideas around a really integrated approach to physical, emotional, and professional well-being. Uh, I really wanted to put something together that was more helpful for those who want to make lasting changes in their lives. So um, I can't remember if I mentioned it before in a previous episode, but I'm a qualified personal tra- Oh, yeah, I did. I mentioned it earlier in the episode. I'm a qualified personal trainer now. Um, which I'm really, really excited about. And so what I did this weekend is I spent probably about 20 hours or so um, putting together my new and improved product and membership site. I just mentioned that site. It's thecheatsheets.co. Um, so if you want to check that out, um, basically what I've got is I've got some special offers um, that you're welcome to uh, take advantage of. So that includes a series of free workouts uh, that I'll be running on the morning of the 24th of February. I'm running four sessions of 45-minute workouts, and then there'll be 15 minutes at the end where we talk about um, healthy habits and tips uh, for achieving specifically around fitness goals because I think fitness is such an important pillar for our overall well-being, um, and I wanted to kick off the year with that. Uh, I know it's not January, but I feel like it's still early enough in the year to um to really encourage people to get moving to get active um, and each of those workouts will be focusing on a different area so if you go to www.thecheatsheets.co forward slash fitness you'll see what what each of those workouts are targeting um, and they're designed to align with you know one of the fitness goals that you may have. So for some people, it's about building muscle. For some people, it's about losing weight. Um, so I've got a workout sort of designed for each one of those uh, goals, which you'll be able to see on the website there. And what I've also done is I've put together uh, coaching sessions and coaching bundles um, for those who would like 
some one-on-one support. So whether that's for their fitness journey, for their career journey, um, for self-care support specifically around preventing or recovering burnout uh, from burnout, uh, sorry, um, those packages are available there as well. Um, so you'll be able to see that if you just go to the homepage of the cheat sheets and I'll put the links in the episode description as well. So you can check that out. Um, of course, like always, if you have any questions, if you want to get in touch, um, if you want to connect with me further, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's where I tend to hang out. Um, and just let me know, connect with me and, um, let me know you'd like to have a chat and we'll go from there. So in terms of the podcast, I'll be back next month in Feb because I've managed to squish this into January right at the end of January. Um, I'll be back in Feb uh, to help you refuel your fire. Uh, But until then, um, I will be posting on YouTube. I'm going to actually turn what we just discussed into a series of YouTube videos because I know for some people it can really help to have um, visuals to walk them through that. Uh, it also helps me to reach um, a different audience who really likes to watch that short, sharp video content. Um, I I'll also have other content going up on YouTube. My goal is to get to 100 YouTube videos published this year. Um, we'll see how we go. I hit a million uh, views a month ago on YouTube, which is pretty exciting. Um, And I'd really like to get a million more uh, by the end of this year. So to do that, I need to get a lot more content out there. So I'll be posting on YouTube. I'll be um, posting on Substack. Uh, So please do feel free to come check out the other things that I'm doing. Um, But until then, um, please, please really do take care of yourself. Do your best to take care of yourself. And I hope that these tips help you get a good night's sleep, not just once, but over and over again. Cheers.